Hi, welcome to our podcast. Alex, have you ever worn a straight jacket? Not so far. No. Handcuffed? I've been cuffed before. Oh, all right. Well, we'll hold that story for another day. Yeah. Both of those have something in common. They, they've, you're, you're captive, right? Restricted and restrained. Right. Where do you think most people would say who have not been in a straight jacket or had handcuffs on, what do you think most people would say their most restricted season in life was, moment in life, with someone says, oh, man, this is the time of which, gosh, I just, yeah. I There was there were parameters set around me that um, I couldn't violate. I, I One of the things that comes to mind for me was when I traveled internationally, I traveled uh, to communist Russia back in the old days. <laughs> what a play. And, and it was very... Um, there was just a lot of fear in the air and a lot of restrictions and things. I had a guy with a machine gun come yell at me in a different language because I was standing on grass. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> that was something. And he kept yelling at me. And I didn't know what he was saying, so I kept walking further back away from him on the grass. And <laughs> he just kept getting more and more angry. And I'm like, I... This is very uncomfortable. I wish I could have. That's the most aggressive stay off the lawn I've ever heard. (laughs) I wish I could have somehow communicated to this guy, listen, I would love to comply with whatever you want me to do. I don't understand you. And I'm walking away from you because that gun is going from your side, starting to point towards me. And I don't think I've done anything offensive enough to have a gun pointed at me. So Restricted, constrained. I think of that as, you know, I used the phrase this this morning before we started recording, I would describe it as a golden cage. Hmm. A lot of people are stuck in golden cages where they have lots of nice things, but they restrict, you know, think about a wealthy business owner who has stacks of cash. He can't just up and leave the business. Maybe he has payments to make on a Ferrari. Maybe he has payments to make on a house. He has these things. It's a little bit different than handcuffs or a straight jacket. Yes. But a lot of people like the golden cage. And so to explain the golden cage, you're saying essentially someone who has a really good life, but they're locked into it. Totally. The more you own, the more it owns you kind of concept. Absolutely. I think that's probably how a lot of people feel. So if we flip the script and we found someone who um, had a family, um, has a husband, has a wife, kids, business, whatever it may be, and, and they looked into your eyes and said, I am more free now than I have ever been in my entire life. Would you be surprised to hear that? No, because they're thinking of it differently than... I'm thinking about it right now. They have the freedom to do certain things. Um, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Explain that. What? What? I'm not a wealthy guy. I couldn't just up and take a vacation to Prague right now. Maybe somebody who's running a company or they're high up at a company, they could say, I'm taking the whole family to right. Europe. We're doing a Europe trip. We know a guy who just took his whole family uh, on a trip to France and they had a, 
amazing time, right? I don't have the financial means to do that. But you you take you spoke of a different mindset. Um, you used the phrase freedom too. Um, there's different kind of freedoms. Yes. So the freedom too might be an interesting one to explore. What what do you what do you mean by that? And what what are the other types of freedom? I could throw my dog in my car and take a road trip and never come back. Somebody with a family and a business can't do that. That's a different kind of freedom. The freedom to choose what we want to pursue in any given day, for the most part, I can wake up and say, today I want to go to SeaWorld. Today I want to go to the beach and connect with strangers. If I was running some kind of huge business, I wouldn't be able to go to the beach and connect with a stranger who had a broken soul. Hmm. So it's different kinds of freedom. So there's, there's freedom from something. There's freedom from a restriction, but there's also freedom to do something. Yeah. And... Do you think our experience of freedom is merely just how we look at it? Or is there something deeper, something more soul-oriented with, with regard to our freedom? You tell me. What's interesting, you know, recently we've had many people move out of the state of California because they wanted to be free from certain things, right? A lot of nonsense oh, yeah. and a lot of taxes <laughs> and some crime. Um, but it's interesting because the people that stay are saying we are free to stay here and continue to enjoy this world and these relationships and whatever. And so it's just, to me, it's just fascinating just to look at the difference of how most people move through the world. And do you think it's rare to have someone say, I have the freedom to you think that mindset, those thoughts are rare or very common? The, 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 the guy who's married, who's got a career, who's got a family, and he thinks to himself, you know what? I am free to have an amazing relationship with my wife because of all the things I've chosen not to say yes to. I am, I am free to spend time with my kids because I have chosen this certain path. I think that just depend I think that depends on the perspective of insulation from pain or moving towards joy. I could say I have a wife so I'm free from loneliness or I have the freedom to pursue a beautiful relationship because I am intertwined with this yeah. amazing person in holy matrimony. I think that's really interesting. I think we need to have you say that again because what I heard you say essentially was freedom from can be more aligned with trying to escape pain, totally. suffering, and freedom too can be more aligned with uh, an experience of life and joy. That's it. Hmm. That, <clears throat> that's it. I think... 
the world in which we live can be very uncomfortable. And so a lot of times we're comfort seeking and finding ways to insulate ourselves from pain, from strife and toil. And it's a total mindset shift when you're moving towards something versus trying to keep something at arm's distance or even further. Forgive me for another old movie reference. The movie was probably created before you were born. Go ahead. There's a movie called Life is Beautiful, uh, Roberto Benigni. Do you know the story? Have you ever heard of it? I have not. It is so fascinating. I would love for you to watch it (laughs) because it's really intense. It's this Italian family and this guy who just was so full of life and joy. And he's the kind of guy that people were pointing out saying, I want to be like that guy, right? Yeah. And um, he and his family then are captured and put into a Nazi Germany concentration camp, separated from his wife. But he had his child with him and the other children had been taken away and done away with in a horrible way. But he had to figure out a way to keep his child alive. And so he turned the entire thing into a game. He told his son... (laughs) Oh, this is so fun. This is a game. And if, and if, and whoa. And so his son would hide um, when the Germans would come in. This German guard, I remember one scene in particular. Um, this German guard came in and was telling all the prisoners what was going on down there. Well, and he was speaking in German. And, and this father had his son right next to him. And his son, his little son, was like, hey, dad, what is he saying? And he said, uh, and he was interpreting, but he was putting his spin on it. He said, uh, welcome, welcome to the big game. And uh, you can get points each day and you you get points for hiding and having no one see you. And then the German guard would say something and he'd say, you get points for not making a noise. And he said, the person at the end of the game that has the most points will win a tank. And the little boy's eyes oh, got up and... So he told his boy, you got to win this game. And it was a way for him to help his son have a vision of freedom too, of joy. They had lost all of their freedom. He was in a concentration camp. But rather than focusing on that freedom from, I need to get free from this, he says, I need to experience a freedom in the midst of it. This is this is where I am, and he turned it into a game. And uh, this, the story is beautiful, and um, the movie is life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Yes, and <laughs> yeah, this guy won an Academy Award, and when they announced him having won the Academy Award, he actually got up on the backs of the chairs in this big Academy Award thing and walked on the backs of these chairs past these famous people because he was just so exuberant and so full of life and joy. And I'm like, goodness, where is that? Where is that? Where are those people in the world that have said, gosh, you know what? Yeah, I can look at my freedom from something, but I can also look at my freedom to something and live a beautiful life today. Oh, it's so deliberate. It's so deliberate what you're describing <clears throat> because I know everyone I know is going through something right now, something serious. I haven't heard people share casual problems with me. My muffler's acting up. 
I don't hear stuff like that. I think I have to go in for an oil change. <laughs> I've got overdue library books. My life's a mess. <laughs> People are dealing with very serious problems right now, relationally, financially, spiritually. Yes. yes. And so it is a deliberate exercise in orienting ourselves towards that freedom to and that joy and how do I make the best out of this, not just for me, but for other people. That's a heavy mantle for us to put on our shoulders. Look at people who are struggling in marriages. How do they stay strong for their kids? How is somebody who's losing a job, how does that person stay joyful for their future? Now let's talk about how Jesus enters the equation here. I think that's absolutely what we need to do with what we're talking about now, because I suck at doing this for myself. Pardon the way I phrase that, but I'm I'm really no good. I'm really, really no good at that. I default to a very negative place where I'm not looking at freedom to, freedom from. I'm looking in shutdown. Stop. Hit the pause button. Layover. Call it a day. That's where I go. So freedom doesn't even enter my mind yeah. most days. Right. Pain is very real for me. The pain that I experience in and through myself and in and through other people. So how do we get to love, joy, freedom to, the freedom to be with Jesus? Sometimes I look at the spiritual walk and say, this is, this is tough. Yeah. No, this is amazing. Hmm. This is amazing. This is, some days I'm, I beat myself up. I'm moving too slowly on the spiritual walk or I'm making backslides. I'm not doing things correctly. Are people trying to buy their way into heaven? Are they are they looking for spiritual peace because it's joyous? Or are they looking to avoid eternal damnation? What I mean, gosh, this conversation is blossoming out in so many different directions. So please harness on to one of these nuggets and let's even refine them. Well, let's just pick one lane that you mentioned, pain, because I think that's where a lot of people are at right now. Um, my brother-in-law lost his father um, a week ago. Um, he loved him so much. It, it was so precious. It, it's a rare and precious thing to see, I think, um, an adult man, an adult father connect and love each other well. And he was at his, he was at his bedside when he died. And my brother-in-law was, was crying and in one of the last acts on this earth that his dad did, he just he just reached up with the back of his hand and just wiped his tears away from his cheek. Mm. And it's, oh, wow, love. Uh, rare love. I think about the love of a father who says, gosh, you know, yeah, I'm about ready to die and Go see Jesus. I'm moments away from a big embrace and a hoo-yah from, from the person I've been living my entire life for, but I also love my son. I want to make sure he knows how much I love him. 
which is so, so pain, pain is all around us relationally, vocationally, um, financially. We could just go on and on and list all the different forms of pain. And someone could be on a journey to be free from pain, right? I if think- someone wanted to be on a journey to free themselves from pain, what would they do? depends on whether they're following the Jesus playbook or the playbook of the world. The playbook of the world is pointless hedonism. It's eating avocado toast every single day and getting tanked before 11 a.m. It's conspicuous consumption. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. making as much money as possible. It's avoiding soul tension with industrial-grade distraction. That's that is the world's playbook, and it's leading to just this pointless existence for so many people. And if you think about that, those people are trying to get free from pain. And what if what is free? Um, what is freedom to look like in that same zip code of pain? Those same people have lost jobs. They've lost relationship. They've lost loved ones. They've lost businesses. They've been betrayed. What does a freedom to, with regard to pain, look like? When one door closes, three doors open, and two of those doors we didn't know were available to us in the first place. So there's a freedom to understanding God's story in a very different way. 100%. If he's the author and he's writing a story, writing it differently than than we would want it to have written. We have we are free to trust his story the way he's writing it as divergent from the way we would want the story written. Beautifully said. We have the freedom to reframe pain as an opportunity to grow a muscle and help us to get stronger in a certain area where maybe we need to grow stronger. Well, pain isn't the destination, it's the journey. And when one door closes, we're not trapped in a room. Yeah. Although it feels like we're trapped in a moment. We don't stay in those moments. I've been going through kind of a rough month. But this isn't where I'm planning on ending up. That's not where I'm staying. And we're not in the room alone, right? You've stepped into that room with me. You've reminded me, hey, there's there's other doors and this is just this is a pit stop. This is a pit stop. The journey's long. Jesus has been here the whole time. You haven't always been looking over in that direction. There's an empty seat on the bench in this room. If you need to take some rest in this painful place, it's available to you. Mm-hmm. And I forget that. It stinks that I forget that. But this goes back to something that you talk about so often is God's story for us is so much different from any kind of story that we could author for ourselves. That's something that you mentioned to me, I think probably years ago at this point, but it's stuck with me. And that has, that thought, that idea has really taken hold in me and hopefully in other people 
but pain is is something that feels very visceral, very real. Yes. And it can override that sense of peace, joy, love, calm, freedom. But yeah, again, we we have a freedom to learn how to glance at pain rather than fixate on it. Right? We're going to move towards what we what we focus on. Gosh, that's important. And Jesus gives us this freedom to be able to look at emotional pain, psychological pain, physical pain, and acknowledge it. Say, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's there. That's a real pain. Yes, that hurts. Okay, but I can keep pedaling, be the kind of person that I want to be. You know, um, the quick story. Um, I helped my dad manage some properties, and uh, I've, in the last couple of years, treated this one tenant in, in an incredibly... Um, generous fashion, um, and gracious, um, forgiving. Uh, our relationship came to a close recently and this person now <laughs> is doing things to cause me incredible pain, to cause some of the other tenants some incredible pain. It's and, the one that stole the crown molding? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I tell Tell Alex some of the uh, details. So, um, I again, it's a small thing, right? This is a small thing, right? That, but he actually did some work um, for some of the other tenants, doing things, helping them with things, putting in a water heater. Um, and now that he's no longer there, he wants to uh, share his pain with the world, <laughs> and so. He um, is called the regional code office and has reported essentially himself because everything he did, he's reporting as an unpermitted change, which I was unaware of that needed to be done. Mm. And so now these tenants are having regional code enforcement come and red flag their unit saying you, you can't stay open until this gets changed. And, and there is a part of me that is like, Oh, what can I do to him to exact some pain like he is doing to these tenants? And then Jesus kind of sweeps in and says, you have the freedom to decide what you are going to fixate on here. Are you going to focus on revenge? Are you the judge? Do you know how much revenge to pour out, Craig? Are you really? And, and the tenants are frustrated. And I'm like, oh, okay, what do we do with this? And I'm thankful that God gave me a response. I'm not saying this is the right response, but this is the response I gave because these people are like, I can't believe these guys doing this to us. And I just told them simply, listen, I'm I'm sorry for this. We'll take care of it. It'll get done. And somehow in this life or the next, um, that person is going to reap what they sow. Somehow in this life or the next, that person is going to reap what they sow. I don't know how, I don't know when, but those choices that we make, the character that we display, the the operating system we have with freedom, if we want to be free from, I loved what you said earlier. I wish I could say it as well as you did. If we're, if we're going to try to just run around being free from constraints, we're going to, try to avoid pain and we're going to bring about even more pain in the process. 
But if we realize this shift in understanding freedom that Jesus allows us to have freedom to, life changes and we start experiencing joy and meaning in life. You're more patient and kind than I am. I'm older than you are. That's true. You need to give yourself some time. I would. I am impressed that you didn't go into a vindictive space. I visited there. Which I, is, I had actually a couple of ideas. Well, you glanced at it. You didn't stay there. At, absolutely. You glanced at the it is. at the pain of it. You didn't stay there to yes. go back to yes. Are we chaining ourselves to our pain rather than just glancing at it? We need to chain ourselves to Jesus. How about that? Yeah. Paul actually used that phrase. He says, I'm a bondservant of Christ. He was free. He was completely free. And in that time, someone could become a bondservant. And a bondservant, bond slave, was someone who said, I am willingly going to pledge myself to you as your servant for the rest of my life. And my understanding is they actually got a little a little band, a little gold or silver band, and they actually had it attached to, to part of their ear that would denote that they're a bondservant. They belong to someone else. And the Apostle Paul says, I am going to use my freedom to connect myself to Jesus for the rest of my life. It's so interesting, the, the difference between a slave and a servant. So different. How often are we thinking of ourselves as slaves to this? a slave to my job, to my dysfunctional relationship, to X, Y, and Z. We are servants to others. Yes. We are slaves to our own devices. We are servants to people. Mm -hmm. Say that again. We are slaves to our devices, but servants to other people. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, Jesus himself, people always run around going, oh, I want to be like Jesus, I want to be like Jesus. And I kind of wince a little bit and say, do you really? He, he said, son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. <laughs> you want to be like Jesus? That doesn't you, mean be a nice person who always smiles and gives high fives. It's a little bit more tricky than that now, isn't it, Craig? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Maybe maybe a podcast for another day. But yes, the mission, the meaning that we now get is from pleasing the Father, from for living for an audience of one, of seeing an opportunity to serve someone and experiencing a joy regardless of how that service goes. And I have to say that's really important because it's something that God reminded me, even with this crazy situation and this menji. I have done my best to love and to be like Jesus. And it still hit the fan. And that's okay because if this is all there is, if this is all there was, 
I could have no reward and no joy, and I would shake my grubby paws at the world and say, ah, damn you. I I tried to be good, and I got screwed because of it, and I no longer want any part of you. And I could shut down the goodness that God wants to do in me and through me because of that. But thankfully, God reminded me that there this isn't all there is, and there is a reward for the the beauty that we bring to the world, the care, the service, as you mentioned, that reward may be seen in this world and it may not be. I'm trying to think of the practical application of all of what we're talking about. Try to synthesize this. In this painful situation, I am free to blank. That might be, that might be it. Right? Yes, I, I think that would, it's either it or it's what's going to help us to get to it. Yes, because it that creates the right lane, if you will. And sometimes that's all we need. We need someone just to come and say, hey, um, let's have a course correction in the way that we're processing pain right now. Instead of staring at it, let's glance at it. Let's stare at something more beautiful, more healthy. How do we move with both feet from the place of freedom from into freedom to on a regular basis? That mental shift of focusing on pain versus possibility. Yeah, and maybe this is another episode entirely, but I believe gratitude is a bridge between freedom from and freedom to. Because when we start being thankful, we start living lives of gratitude, things change. Can, can someone be free and not feel free? Yeah. Okay. So, so if someone can actually be free but not feel free, what they need to do is ask themselves questions that engages their ability to live in reality and remind them, I am free. And part of that reminder of the freedom comes through gratitude. You think about all the stories we heard of back in the days of the plantation owners and the slaves. When they were freed, it took them a couple of generations to really understand what freedom was like, right? When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they had an entire generation that only understood slavery, and that generation had to pass so a new generation could understand something besides slavery. What are your thoughts? So much of this hinges upon who we know our God to be. It really does. Like most people's God is money. And so freedom as defined through money is going to have, it's not going to cut it. It really isn't. And that's the unfortunate reality in which we live. I would love to land the plane right there. That is fantastic. If we can create space for the people who are listening to this, say, I'm today I'm serving a God, and that God is either has a capital G or little G. <laughs> As little G, there's probably a whole bunch of them running around. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a capital, there's just going to be one. And yet, that God I am choosing to serve today is going to be of enormous importance on how this day will unfold, how my life will unfold. I really liked what you said earlier about slave, being a slave or being a servant, because we will be a slave to the little, little G gods in our life. But we'll be a servant to God as he is worthy of that place in our life. Any closing thoughts? No, that was beautiful. Thank you for joining our podcast. Uh, once again, we want to thank Go Ministry International. We actually had its founder, Phil Deal, in here, did, a, did an interview with him. If you missed that, go back and check that out because he's got a great God story that he's living out in his family, uh, men's ministries. So we're so thankful for him and for them. And our prayer is that somehow what you hear in this podcast will translate into a closer connection with God and the people around you, that you would start seeing yourself and the world around you as Jesus does. So we hope you have a blessed day today.